Welcome to Interfaith Ministries Interfaith Podcast Series, which is part of our Faith in Our City program under the umbrella of IAM's Dialogue Project. The Dialogue Project's Faith in Our City program is Interfaith Ministries' effort to increase religious literacy and break down walls of misunderstanding across religious traditions. We're grateful to the Freed Foundation for its support of this program. If you like what you hear and want to learn more, visit us at www.imgh.org for more information, to join our mailing list, and to donate. I'm the Reverend Greg Hahn. I'm the Director of Interfaith Relations out of the Department of Interfaith Relations and Community Partnerships at Interfaith Ministries. And this series is an introduction to religions, but through learning more about the holidays and holy days of a religion. And today we're focusing on the Unitarian Universalist tradition. I'm here at Emerson Unitarian Universalist Church here in Houston, and I'm with the Reverend Becky Edmiston Lang, who is the pastor, the minister, Minister. minister here senior at Emerson. Uh, oh, even better, senior <laughs> minister here at, at Emerson. Um, a longtime friend, um, a board member at Interfaith Ministries, and so a, a good friend of Interfaith Ministries and active in interreligious dialogue and, and justice. Becky, it's good to be with you. It's good to be with you, Greg. Thank you so, for asking me to do no this. No problem. No, it's it's a real it's a real honor. Tell us a little bit about you, your church, uh, and we can talk a little bit more just about your, uh, your faith tradition as well. Well, I've been here at Emerson 19, almost 20 years now. I started out originally co-pastoring with my husband, Mark Edmiston Lang. Now I'm senior, solo senior minister. We were co-senior ministers mm -hmm. before his death. Before that, before we came to Emerson, I was a solo minister at the Akatink Unitarian Universalist Church in Burke, Virginia, which is a suburb of DC. I grew up pretty much unchurched. I did have a little exposure to a local Baptist church, um, but that didn't last very long because I started questioning very early on. And I think that's that questioning is very valuable in the UU tradition. Uh, yes, we'll talk, it is. We'll talk more yes. about that in a minute. Um, yes. My mother was a spiritual seeker. So when I was a teenager, she and I visited different churches. Didn't settle on anything. But I was interested in religion. I was also interested in psychology. When I went to college at University of Virginia, I had a triple major in religious studies, <laughs> history, and psychology. And I look back on that as, in some ways, all three of those disciplines trying to figure out, you know, what makes the world tick and why things happen the way they do, etc. Meaning, et purpose. And one of my religious studies professors encouraged me to go to seminary and to think about becoming a pastoral counselor. And he suggested that I go to Union Theological Seminary in New York City because they had a program called Psychiatry and Religion. When I got through seminary, I went into a pastoral psychotherapy training program, which was in Washington, D.C. That was a two-year program, a clinical program. And when I got to the end of that, I realized if I really wanted to practice as a pastoral counselor, I needed to have some kind of association with a religious tradition. Makes sense. At various points on my journey, people had said things to me like, if no one else will ordain you, the Unitarians will, <laughs> which was not a... You know, a ringing endorsement. No, it wasn't but. a ringing endorsement. But I, I you know, I put... I, paid heed to that, and I knew about the Unitarian Universalist Church from um, visiting as a teenager and um, 
people that I went to seminary with. So I started visiting Unitarian Universalist churches in the D.C. area, and I had an experience that a lot of Unitarian Universalists talk about when they go into a Unitarian Universalist church for the first time, a feeling like I've come home religiously, spiritually. One of the strongest selling points to me was that I didn't have to have clarity and absolute certainty about what it was that I believed. That they welcomed my questions, they welcomed my doubts. That was very a very common experience for people within Unitarian Universalism. I was also very, very attracted to the strong social just, justice bent in Unitarian Universalism. I grew up in the South, and my mother was a was almost a rabble rouser in terms of racial justice issues. Martin Luther King Jr. was a tremendous inspiration to me. I was a little too young to really actually be involved in this civil rights movement, but watched a lot of it on television and was often moved in a way that it was very, even it was hard for me to understand as a child, but um, was very formative in the way that I look at things and approach the world. So that, that emphasis on social justice was a big pull within Unitarian Universalism. So it sounds like all of those parts of you, of, his, of your history, found a place in the, in the, in the Unitarian Universalist, as I'll, we'll call in this podcast as well, the, the, the UU tradition yes. as well. Yes, and, and, and another strand of that was the um, openness to earth-based spirituality, which you find in Unitarian Universalism. When I was a child growing up, my spiritual experiences were naturally based. Um, I, I grew up in the country. I had horses. I spent a lot of time out in the woods riding, and the I, f I felt like the earth supported me, loved me, embraced me. Right. Um, I have memories of things that were almost mystical experiences as a child. And those found a home as they well. They found a home as well. How would you define, what would you want listeners to know about the, the, the UU tradition? We are a non-creedal faith tradition, meaning that there's no one thing that all Unitarian Universalists have to believe to, be, to belong to a Unitarian Universalist congregation. We have a very wide umbrella. What holds us together are what we call our seven principles. I won't try to recite them all, Sorry. but they begin with a belief in the inherent worth and dignity of every person. And they end with respect for the interdependent web of existence of which we are a part. They speak well, about love and compassion in human relations, a free and responsible search for truth and meaning, an emphasis on justice and equity. I like how you started with that first and that, that first and that last, that internal, but it always ends up with that external manifestation of yes. what this faith, and I use that term you know, capaciously, how it manifests itself in the world. Yes. So how then, if we're walking through the UU religious calendar, how would we kind of think about holidays and then more specifically, where, where would we start? I think you can look at our calendar in three ways. Okay. On the most uh, obvious level, we sort of follow a school calendar year. Uh, we have what we call homecoming it's like the end of August, 1st of September, when school starts. Um, our church year starts at that time. 
and it's a celebration of the regathering of the community. We move through the church year, we celebrate a lot of secular holidays, such as Halloween, uh, Martin Luther King Sunday, Coming Out Day, uh, Transgender Remembrance Day, maybe not every year, but some years, um, Valentine's Day. In some ways, it's a very secular calendar. At the same time, though, we celebrate many of the, the holidays of Christianity and Judaism because those are the roots out of which we came. Okay. That's maybe a good place. You're, this is not a new religion. This is deeply based in probably uh, maybe out of the Christ, uh, at least out of some Christian traditions yes, and then yes. evolved. And I know we don't have time to go through the whole history, but I think it's important to note this is this is a this is a long-standing religious tradition. It is a long-standing religious tradition. We have been in the United States since the late 1700s. Um, we have some roots in Europe that go back farther than that. Uh, but yes, both Unitarianism and Universalism started out as liberal Christian movements. And then we say we move beyond that exclusively Christian um, orientation so that now we embrace wisdom from many, many different religious traditions. But then we're also influenced by the rhythms of the natural world. And so that'd be the third, that'd be the third. That'd be the third. We celebrate the, the two equinoxes and the two solstices. A large emphasis on the fact that we as human beings are still creatures, still bound to the earth, still subject to the rhythms of the earth, beholden to the earth. So, you know, you put all those three together and that's sort of that's fascinating. the way that, that our, our year moves. Okay. So if we were going to look maybe at the beginning of your religious calendar, um, where would you start? And we can kind of walk through a couple of the, the, uh, the, I would, the key holidays. I, I would start with homecoming okay. in the fall. We also sometimes call it in-gathering. Depends on, you know, different churches may call it different things. But, but the idea is that there is okay. less of attendance during the summer. So there's a regathering. There's there. a regathering, and we start a new church year in terms of our religious education right. program for children and youth. You know, they would have a different class okay. that September than they did. Right. And so that will come often in late August, early September. You yes. mentioned then you've got the autumnal equinox. Right. Uh, and then let's let's go on. And what would what would where would we go next? We always celebrate Halloween. Typically here we have a UNICEF carnival on Halloween Sunday and people wear costumes and um, we have games yeah. and, and we raise a lot of money and we give it to UNICEF. And we, when we get to the winter holidays, we typically celebrate Hanukkah, Christmas, and the winter solstice. Rather than thinking about those as three distinct holidays, we tend to do what I have sometimes called a glorious Unitarian Universalist mashup. <laughs> Recognizing that there is there are symbols and images which recur right. in those three celebrations. They were in, they influenced each other. I'm sure you know that many of what much of what we associate with a traditional Christmas really came out of the great midwinter celebration, celebrating the return of the sun after the darkest night of the year. Uh, much of the light imagery, certainly, and the evergreen imagery comes from those traditions, and 
Christian calendar in some ways was very self-consciously, there was a decision made about when to celebrate Jesus's birth right. because it coincided with great midwinter right. uh, celebration. And, and how, how those traditions especially focus on light yes. at the darkest, right. literally the darkest time uh, of the year. So. I tend to think the fact that we celebrate these several holidays around the same time enriches each. Our understanding um, deepens right. and gives us a greater appreciation for and what I, it is that we're doing. And I would think that's an excellent also way of summarizing a, a, a core Unitarian Universalist value as well. These enrich one another, trying to honor their diversity, yes. but also seeing their, 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 the richness of the value of that they have a lot in common. And we, we as Unitarian Universalists are always trying to be sensitive to not be misappropriating. Right. Things. Moving into January, at least in the calendar year, where are we heading? Well, the very first Sunday in January, we have at this church and in many Unitarian Universalist churches, but not all, a service that we call turnings, where we recognize that the calendar year has turned and that the, the earth is turning and our lives are turning. Our lives are constantly in a process of turning. So we look back on the year that's passed and we acknowledge the deaths of members of the congregation in the year past and we move from that to acknowledging the deaths within the families and friends of the members of the congregation. Move out from that to hold up the de deaths of all, all in the great family of humankind that have died in the year past. And we reflect on the meaning of death and, um, and then we move to other significant turnings in people's lives, things like divorce, retirement, marriage, etc. Holding those up, um, our community, the people that we know, and then the larger human family. And then we do the same thing, we end up celebrating births births in our congregation, births in our families and friends, and births in the larger world. Moving forward, January, February, March, coming into the spring. January, there's Martin Luther King mm -hmm. Sunday. Um, that's not the only time during the year that we will be focusing on racial justice issues, but we will certainly be doing that on that Sunday. Makes sense. Um, we always celebrate Valentine's Day here, and we try to, to do it in such a way that it's not just romantic love that we're focused on, but love in a more general sense. Um, and uh, we may be celebrating things like uh, Black History Month, Women's History Month, and that those kinds of things will vary from Unitarian Universalist congregation to congregation because we don't all do the same thing all the time and we don't all do the same thing every year. Um, February, March, April. Um. Well, we celebrate Easter, okay. Passover and Easter. Um, of course, when, we, when I say we celebrate these, these holidays, you know, it's from a Unitarian Universalist perspective. Right. When we celebrate Passover, um, we're thinking about all the places in the world today where people are oppressed and not allowed to worship as they want. Um, to, to experience their full personhood, et cetera. Yeah. Looking at those holidays in terms of what they share in common, how they inform each other, but also what is unique about them. And, and what is our understanding as Unitarian Universalists of, of those holidays and what they call us to do in this particular time and place. 
Um, moving then towards the end kind of your of that first calendar, that educational calendar coming through May. Important, important Sundays every year here are the Sunday that our youth group does the worship service. You know, we turn the pulpit over to them and they... <laughs> and let the magic happen. <laughs> yes, right. Um, and then the Sunday that we have our coming of agers present their credo statements. Those are the eighth graders. They've been going through a year-long program where they have learned about a lot about Unitarian Universalism and other faith traditions and are being asked to try to articulate what it is that they think and believe at this point in time, understanding that their beliefs are going to change. Um, that is the best attended service in our church year. And it never fails to make everyone in the congregation feel terrific. Terrific about our kids, terrific about the future, uh, terrific about Unitarian Universalism and this congregation. In some ways, within our theology of Unitarian Universalism, every day is a holy day. Every day is sacred. Every single moment of existence is a tremendous gift. Yeah. The fact that we are, that this planet exists, this beautiful, beautiful planet, Every day is a holy day. Becky, thank you for your time and for this conversation and for allowing through looking at religious rituals and your calendars of learning more about the UU tradition. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity, Greg. Thanks again for joining us for this edition of the Interfaith Podcast Series. Contact us at ircp at imgh.org or visit www.imgh.org to learn more about us and how to support our work. <laughs>